is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. May 18, 2020. Only one major economic release today, and that was uh, the uh, housing market index put out by the National Association of Home Builders in Wells Fargo uh, for May. The index was 30 in April. Anything below 50 is contraction. So this is the overall market index. It was 30 in April and was expected to be 33 in May and was actually 37 in May. So better than April and better than expected. And April was the lowest reading since uh, June of 2012 and it was the first time below 50 since April of 2014. So a good reading there. However, compared to May of last year, uh, last year it was at 66, so it's been almost cut in half from last year to 37 in May. The index is made up of three different sub-indexes. The first one is single-family sales at present, was 36 in April and was 42 in May, but down from 72 in May of last year. Single-family sales expectations for the next six months was 36 in April. May was 46, so a nice jump but down from 72 in May of last year. And traffic of prospective buyers was 13 in April. That's very, very low. 21 in May, and it was down from 49 in May of last year. So improvement in all three sub-indices, which is good to see, but still a way to go before we're back to normal. Now, by region... The Northeast was the only region that saw a decline in the housing market index. It was 19 in April, down to 17 in May, and down from 65 in May of last year. The Midwest was 25 in April, 32 in May, down from 56 in May of last year. The South was 34 in April, 42 in May, and down from 68 last year. And the West was 32 in April, up to 44 in May but down from 73 last year. So all of these components are in contraction for all components and for all regions right now, but they're doing better than they were in April, except for the Northeast, which is where New York City is, which was the epicenter of the United States uh, coronavirus outbreak. A couple more notes on the uh, housing market index. Uh, most states classified construction as essential businesses, so that helped to make things uh, not as bad as they could have been otherwise. It's looking more like the spring buying season won't be lost totally, but instead just delayed into the summer months. Many people who lost jobs were younger and lower income and, unlikely, and were unlikely to buy a home anyway. So a lot of the job losses in April, in March and April, probably aren't going to have a huge impact on the housing market in terms of purchasing activity, but there's still an awful lot of people out there on furlough or who have lost wages or who have lost their businesses who may have been in the market for a home. So there's certainly some impact, no doubt, but probably not as big as expected with 30 million people or, 20 million, or 33 million people, 39 million people I think it is right now, that have applied for initial jobless claims. And challenges remain, though, including availability of loans for home builders. Uh, 
but it looks like uh, that some analysts are saying that it, uh, the construction sector is the most likely sector to experience a V-shaped recovery. Uh, right now, the the stock market today is bumping. It's about 800 points higher as of 11:30 Central Standard Time, uh, due primarily to positive results on a phase one clinical trial on humans for uh, Moderna's uh, coronavirus vaccine. And they have already been approved by the FDA to go ahead with their f second phase of that trial. So the stock market is really uh, uh, happy about this news and is moving higher as a result. In addition, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell had some comments last night. He said that the Fed is continuing to lend support to the economy and don't bet against the American economy in the long run. However, he also did say that you, the unemployment rate could go as high as 25%. So that's what's been driving the market today, primarily positive comments or some positive comments from Powell and, of course, the Moderna uh, clinical trial results and the housing market index improvement. Now on to some information from a few other miscellaneous topics. Dr. Powell or Jerome Powell warns that the U.S. recovery could take until the end of 2021. Dr. Fauci has said he expects the search for a vaccine to take at least a year to 18 months, but Dr. Bright, the, the gentleman at the, at the center of the, uh, of the hearing recently in terms of uh, being ousted from, uh, from the White House, uh, he, Dr. Bright told Congress last week that Dr. Fauci was being too optimistic on his outlook for the vaccine. Mr. Powell the Fed chairman said last week that additional policy, policy measures might be needed from the Fed and fiscal authorities to prevent greater long-term damage to the U.S. economy. The Fed's crisis-fighting measures so far, including cuts in base interest rates to near zero and a series of special programs to supply, to supply liquidity, have led to sharp rebounds in financial markets from the lows in the late March. But economic data remain bleak. U.S. unemployment surged to a post-war high of 14.7% in April, with more than 36 million Americans filing for unemployment benefits since the coronavirus pandemic first spread to the world's largest economy. It's now 39 million because that includes uh, people in the new program that, uh, that allowed more people to apply for benefits, such as self-employed people and contract workers and gig workers. The U.S. Congress has already approved nearly $3 trillion of economic relief measures, but there is growing consensus in Washington that more fiscal stimulus will be needed. Now, U.S. food banks are battling to satisfy demand as jobless rate soars. U.S. food banks, charities that provide donated food for the hungry, are being pressured into service, pressed into service as never before as unemployment surges during the pandemic and many families seek help for the first time. There's a 70% increase in those seeking assistance since the crisis began. That is a huge increase. About 40% of those were first-time visitors. Even before the crisis, U.S. food banks played a critical role. Last year, Feeding America said it served 40 million citizens. By comparison, the government, seemed, the government deemed 37 million eligible for food stamps under the federal uh, SNAP program. Families are driving up to food banks in face masks that provide both security and anonymity. So there's, there's a feeling of embarrassment there in, in some respects. Moving on here, U.S. businesses are hit by unpaid bills carnage. 
Corporate America is preparing for billions of dollars in unpaid bills as the effects of the coronavirus shutdown ripple from shopping malls, offices, and factories through global supply chains. Paint suppliers, food manufacturers, and truck rental operators are among a diverse group of listed U.S. companies that have disclosed higher provisions in recent days against losses they expect from business partners falling behind on payments. The rising credit problems facing non-financial companies in the U.S. come on top of the growing bad debt woes at banks, which boosted reserves for loan losses by tens of billions of dollars during the first quarter. U.S. companies have been forced to increase the provisions in part because of an accounting change introduced this year. Previously, they only needed to add to reserves when customers missed payments. Under the new standard, they have to do so based on predictions about future credit worthiness, which, of course, can seem nearly impossible to predict these days. A coronavirus pandemic accelerates a shift in the MBA market. The MBA market was troubled before the pandemic struck. Demand for the full-time two-year degree in the U.S., in the core U.S. market has fallen every year for the past five years. Competition has increased with alternative training providers such as Hyper Island and Jolt, offering MBA modules via short courses taught at city center venues. The cost of the MBA is a key issue. Some 35% of the current MBA class right now are eligible for the federal government's Pell Grant, a subsidy for low-income households. Let me just put in my two cents about an MBA. I have an MBA. Uh, it was very expensive to get. I have not yet used it once. And I highly suggest that anybody out there who is considering getting an MBA, do not do it unless you are absolutely certain, A, that you need it, and B, that you know what you need it for, how you're going to use it. In other words, don't just get an MBA for the sake of getting an MBA because it is not cheap and it has zero guarantee of you getting a job or a raise. Zero. It's all on you and it's all on you know, what happens with the company you're in, with the economy, with competition. It has nothing to do with the MBA. MBA is not a, is not a golden ticket. Now, People who have MBAs do have higher salaries on on average, but that's not for everybody. So uh, be very, very careful if you're deciding to go for an MBA. Make sure you absolutely know that you need it and you know what you're going to use it for. Just my two cents. A little bit more news on the housing market. Uh, new listings are up 5.9% in the latest week, uh, reported by Zillow, which is good news. Google searches for homes for sale are up 54% from the 2020 lows, so that's good news. Purchase demand is only down 10% from a year ago. That's improved from where it was uh, a few weeks ago. And the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is only 3.09% on Friday. That is a record low. So, again, uh, as the economy starts to open back up, people get their jobs and their incomes back. And and mortgage rates are probably still going to stay low for quite a while. It's going to be a great time to buy a house if you can get out to get to to uh, visit one. And again, of course, uh, it's still a great time to refinance your mortgage as well. I refinanced my mortgage back in 2012 from a 30-year fixed to a 15-year fixed, and I think it's at three percent. So, still up until just this year, it was. It was lower than the the market was uh, over the last several years. So I've been very very happy with that decision. So if you get a chance to refinance your mortgage and you and you are able to afford a higher payment because you have a uh, a lower time frame, lower maturity, then I would do it because you'll pay off your principal much faster. 
and then you'll own your home a lot faster too if you stay in it long enough. Now there's some notes from a video from Kevin Hassett, Senior White House Economic Advisor, and he said the economy may have bottomed in April. We're starting to see a pickup though as states start to open up again. Third and fourth quarter will likely see strong growth. Need to avoid bankruptcies with fiscal policy, uh, i.e. the Main Street Lending Program. They want to monitor data and see the burn rate of all these lending programs. The White House is in wait-and-see mode before, more st before adding more stimulus, but they're ready to take strong action if needed. State and local governments are running out of money, uh, but they, they don't want to bail out states, but are ready to cover COVID-related costs, but determining what costs are related to COVID and what costs are related to mismanagement and other issues, it's kind of hard to distinguish uh, in, in some in some respects so that's going to be a tricky subject for sure states need money yes but also states should not be bailed out for past mismanagement just because there's a crisis now it should only be related to covid related costs but again might be hard to determine which is which uh, the, the biggest concern right now is for the travel and leisure industry and hawaii has been hit very hard by the shutdowns and will be tough for that state even after the economy picks up again because it's going to be hard to to see how long it's how long it's going to be before uh, travel related industries are going to be able to open up again and and how much are how much confidence are people going to have to travel and go to places like hawaii and other vacation spots when they still have some fear of the virus in the back of their mind or in the front of their mind tensions remain high with china and but the trade deal appears to be holding up if the U.S. takes measures against China, uh, they expect China to retaliate by not buying U.S. goods. And the next video kind of played right into this. Uh, it said, the U.S. is now, and this, I believe this news is new just this morning, the U.S. is now barring, barring any chip maker using U.S. equipment from supplying Huawei, which is a, a major technology company in China, uh, the ban applies to foreign and American chip makers. Companies must get waivers from the U.S. Commerce Department. Uh, uh, and an executive from uh, a representative from Huawei said that this will damage trust around the world. Huawei operates in 172 countries, so this is very widespread in terms of the impact this is going to have. It will delay the 5G rollout. Um, and that is technology that could actually help in the fight against COVID-19 in terms of uh, tracking and, uh, and uh, cloud computing and all kinds of other technology that, that would be helpful in, uh, in the fight against the virus. So that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but um, the U.S. is going to do what they think is best, I guess, at this point. All right. Now, there was a video from Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan a few days ago, and here's some notes from that video. Uh, the reopening will be very gradual. Uh, the question is, will businesses open if they are allowed? I've been hearing some reports of businesses not opening even though they've been allowed to just because they're still concerned. Can they be profitable with all the restrictions? Will customers come back? They're expecting a 25 to 30 percent annualized GDP decline in the second quarter, and expecting the unemployment rate to peak at 20 percent, ending uh, ending the year at about eight to 10 percent. So this is a little bit lower than what uh, what the uh, the White House is expecting, which was 25 percent. 
Interest rates will remain low for an extended period of time. We need fiscal policy to play a big part, too. Many programs to ensure companies big and small have financing. Uh, we have many programs to ensure companies big and small have financing, and municipals, too, as the Fed is now starting to buy uh, municipal debt, i.e. state and local government bonds. Main Street Lending Facility is designed for companies with good credit. No, uh, companies with bad credit, i.e. those with, which are highly leveraged, will not have access to this program. Companies with too much debt will need to restructure their debt or take other measures. So, uh, if, you, if you're a company with uh, too much debt or bad debt or bad credit, you're not going to get the help that most other companies are going to get from these lending programs. That's unfortunate, but uh, the Fed doesn't want to put taxpayer money at risk. Or I should say at any more risk than it already is. Many companies, uh, or co corporate debt was already at a record high even before the pandemic hit. Many companies will be in even more debt after the pandemic and may have to issue more equity, which could weigh on stock prices. That's a very interesting note. That's a very interesting note. Uh, keep, in, keep that in mind as we, as, as we go along here and the economy starts to open up and, and regain some growth, that the stock market generally is a forward-leading indicator for the economy, but as this note says, there may be some pressure on, on stocks if companies that are in a lot of debt have to issue more equity. High unemployment and job security will limit consumer spending. Grants will likely be necessary for individuals and local governments rather than loans. Okay, so that's another interesting note because this is basically saying that at some point, uh, Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan is saying at some point we're probably going to run out of the ability to have to support the economy with loans that are going to need to be paid back. Instead, we're just going to have to give people money, kind of like what they did with the $1,200 stimulus checks or support checks or rescue checks or whatever you want to call them. Um, so I, all I got to say is I hope we don't get to that point because then you're going to see even higher taxes down the road to pay for the money that's not going to be paid back by individuals and businesses uh, on the front end. So... That's concerning. Testing and vaccines will be a big factor in reducing consumer fear. Demand for business, the appropriate size of the business, changes due to COVID, capital structure, liquidity needs, expected length of pandemic, and shutdowns are all main topics of conversations that uh, uh, Robert Kaplan has been having with companies in his region. Now another video from uh, Mark Zandi. Comments from Mark Zandi from Moody's Analytics, very uh, well-known, top-notch uh, economics analytics organization. He says, April will probably be the peak for job losses. The unemployment rate will likely be around 8 to 10% on Election Day, which is kind of what uh, uh, Robert Kaplan was saying. And we need a vaccine to get back to normal economic activity, expecting vaccine mid-next year. Although that uh, the news today of Moderna's uh, Positive news from their clinical trials means maybe we are closer to vaccine than previously thought. Uh, we expect to get back to full employment by 2024 or 2025. So, so he's saying a four or five year recovery period before we get back to full employment. I haven't seen any. I haven't heard anybody say that, but that's the first time I've heard somebody say that. So, 
I sure hope it's not going to be that long before we get back to full employment. Uh, but you never know. That's what he's expecting. We expect to see a lot of business bankruptcies and failures. Half of companies in the U.S. have fewer than four employees, and they are the ones being hurt the most. One million of these companies could go out of business. Now, again, this is just a projection, but a uh, very well-known analytics company here is saying a quarter of or a million of these uh, of these uh, smaller companies could go out of business if uh, if we keep going down this same track. So we we need to open the economy. We need to do it safely, but we also have to take into account both sides of the equation: the health and the economy. Losing a million businesses is going to be devastating. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin will be pivotal states in the November election. Even though Biden is ahead in the polls, Trump's approval rating remains high. It will be a very close election. 10% of GDP in fiscal stimulus. Uh, we had 10% of GDP in fiscal stimulus during the financial crisis. So far, only 3% of GDP in stimulus. Now, granted, uh, GDP is bigger than it was during the financial crisis, so 3% of GDP is bigger now than it was than 3% of GDP in uh, 10, t 10 years ago. But uh, still, I think it's uh, less than we had during the financial crisis. Um, so um, he, sees that, he says that we need more help from Congress, and the next president will have to switch from fiscal rescue, which we're doing right now, to fiscal stimulus to support the economy as it get back, gets back up on its feet in the coming months. Okay, now for an update on the coronavirus. Not much to share today. It would be nice if I would have had the charts up and ready to go, which I did not. I apologize. Been a busy morning here. Busy, busy morning. All right. As of yesterday, the death rate for the world was 6.6%, down from 6.63% the prior day. Growth rate in fatalities, day over day, 1.2%, among the lowest we've seen since the pandemic started. Good news. For the United States, the death rate was 5.96%, holding near the highest that we've seen. The growth rate in fatalities was 1% near the lowest that we've seen since the pandemic began. Again, good news. As for states that opened early, again, uh, still, no, still no real correlation at all between when they opened and how, how much of an increase they've, in cases they've seen. We've seen uh, Arizona, Arizona opened on May 1, they have 41% or 42% increase in cases. New Jersey opened on May 2. They have a 14% increase in cases. Well, Oklahoma opened on October on April 24th, and they've only seen a 30% increase in cases. And interestingly, Montana opened on April 26th, and they've actually seen a decline in cases. Um, so they must have reclassified some cases because this is not active cases. This is total cases. So. Uh, a decline in cases suggests to me that they did some reclassifying there, so that's kind of interesting. But we've seen that in other places, too. Um, let's see here. So, and then a couple of notes on the coronavirus. So, like I said, the global death growth rate 
is the lowest in the, since the pandemic started, and the U.S. death growth rate is almost the lowest since the pandemic started. So we're seeing, hopefully, a light at the end of the tunnel here. Now for my tip of the day on how to stay sane during unemployment. Tip number 26 is under the third commandment of try new things. Tip number 26 is try new music. And if you listen to my episode on Friday, I ended my podcast by sharing a, a little snippet of uh, one of my songs off my CD. So if you want, you can go back and listen to that. And uh, other than that, I would say, you know, just go ahead uh, and listen to some new music. Um, I like classical and jazz music, but I've been listening to a lot of ambient music lately just to kind of let my mind float. Uh, if you have Comcast, you can turn to channel 488 and just listen to real soft ambient music. It's, uh, it's very peaceful and very calming. might help you with uh, getting through this very difficult time. Um, so yeah, try some new music and maybe you'll, you'll just, who knows, maybe you'll discover a whole new world that you never even knew was out there. But, um, certainly new music can, can, uh, change your thought patterns about some of the things that are going on and put you a little bit more at ease. That's all I have for today, folks. If you like what you hear, please subscribe or follow me. Uh, please spread the word to your family, friends, neighbors, and relatives. I will thank new followers if I have any on my podcast. And again, if you want, you can listen to previous episodes to get my previous tips on unemployment or how to stay sane during unemployment. And I just wanted to mention some good news. Uh, recently, my podcast was uh, put up was uh, put up on Spotify, and just this past weekend, it has now been approved and is now available on Stitcher. So you can now find my podcast on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So spread the word to whoever you think might uh, listen to some of those podcast platforms and tell them to look me up and listen to my podcast and subscribe. And uh, coming up tomorrow, we have Housing Starts, Redbook Retail Sales, and some very interesting insights on what's called the COVID Impact Survey that was uh, put together by the Federal Fed Reserve Bank of Minneapolis and a firm called the Data Foundation of Washington, D.C. Very interesting insights, uh, both from an economic, social, mental health uh, point of view. A lot of interesting things that I will share with you, and it really gives you a, a, a sense of how Americans are dealing with this pandemic. So that comes, that'll be on tomorrow's episode, so be sure to tune in for that. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Stay safe, stay sane. Thanks for listening. Have a good rest of your day.